Happy Feedback Friday, everybody. It's great to be here. I'm here with Corey Haynes, head of growth at Bear Metrics. Today we are doing something a little different and I'm excited. It's going to be a great one. Really glad to have you here, Corey. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, super stoked. I've been a, a listener for a long time. I think back to the kind of OG season. <laughs> um, so it's an honor. So cool. Well, super stoked to have you on here. So today we're going to do something a little different. We're going to go through some text emails, which, you know, a lot of our audience are primarily focused on highly visual, what a lot of people would call designed emails. Now, from my perspective, I think of design as capital D design, meaning if you've thought through the copy, if you've bolded anything, if you've put some effort into this thing, it's designed, right? Just because it doesn't have a, a header with a graphic and a logo or something doesn't mean it wasn't designed. I would love to give our audience a high level of what is happening with these three emails and then we'll go through each three and i'd love for you to tell them what's working and why did it work what's powerful about these emails i picked out a few in particular one that we've used at Metrics, and then two from some others that i'm sort of an admirer of and i, I swiped for my own swipe file the first one here is actually from the ceo of front uh, matilde so this is a I guess what we call like a trial reactivation email. So someone came to the site, they started a trial, uh, they decided not to continue with the product, and then they went on with their life, basically. And so I believe this was sent out about six months after the original trial start. This is a, a tough cookie to crack because you've already had someone in the product, they've already decided that they are not going to continue with you. It's going to be a hard one, right, to kind of re-engage people and to try to get some sort of tangible result. Now, I know that this worked pretty well because I actually had a few people on Twitter basically mention that this is what got them back into the product and reinvigorated their interest in the product itself. I guess like the high level themes of what really stands out to it, at least to me, is one is that it's written exactly like a hyper-personalized one-to-one personal email, something that I would send to you or you would send to me, doesn't read like a kind of a, a corporate-y, unbranded, generic email. You know, she says things like, my name is Matilda and I'm the CEO and founder friend. Like, it sounds so funny to say now, but that's something that you would start with if you were sending to someone else. But most of these types of emails start with, hey, remember us? Or are you interested in trying front again? Or something else like that, that immediately kind of is the tell that you know, oh, well, this is just another thing that, you know, archive, right? Just kind of get rid of it. That kind of theme of personality, personalization really is kind of evident throughout it all. And then one of the other main things that I really appreciate and is kind of like the, uh, one of my big takeaways from the email is that there isn't actually like a question mark or a call to action in the email. She simply states what she would love to see back, which is a response. So she says, you know, if you'd like to revisit Front, I'd be more than happy to reopen your trial for seven days. Doesn't say, would you like to reopen your trial? Or how can I get you to restart your trial? And at the end, it's the same thing. Just let me know what the best next steps are. It's not, hey, do you have five minutes tomorrow? That to me was a kind of a breath of fresh air. I like the fact that she introduces herself. It basically says, looks like you weren't able to utilize it much. It's understanding, you know, there's some empathy potentially she's guessing Matilda is in this case, or, you know, the email creator, but also I'd be happy, meaning I'd be willing to do this for you, right? Like I can do that. And it has that sense of like, I'm going to do something for you instead of we would do this or we're willing, or 
if you do this, we can do that. It's just interesting. And then I can also introduce you to a workflow specialist on our team for a free training. So, hey, maybe that was the thing. Maybe it was the lack of training that made me like walk away from front. It was too much or it was felt overwhelming or something. But even further, just to say the goal of this training. And I think that's super interesting, right? They're talking about the purpose of the training. So I like that's happening is a lot of this email feels like it's more about me than front. And that's pretty unusual. And I like that. Absolutely. I think especially in a B2B setting where the calls to action are sort of high commitment, you know, it's like sign up for something, pay us money, talk with one of us on the phone. When you orient it to the person that you're sending to, and even when you would go as far to explain why you want them to take action on that thing that you want them to do, like the goal of this training would be and explain it, it comes off a lot more trustworthy, credible, empathetic, like you mentioned, and it's overall a better experience. Well, tell me what's, uh, what's happening in this one that you think is, is working well. Yeah, so this next one is an email that I actually sent out to canceled Barometrics customers, which is a segment that really no one likes to talk about or wants to talk about, especially in the B2B world. I kind of make a habit of every six months trying to send an email like this. It's very short, sweet, to the point, but that helps me understand what we can do and if there's any opportunity for these people since it's been a good amount of time. So it's funny because it, it actually follows a pretty similar pattern, but I had not seen the front email before. But what I wanted to do, my goals were to have a really casual, personal style in intro. I wanted to give them context into why I'm emailing them. And then I wanted to flip the negative into a positive. I know for a fact they canceled and we have a lot of feedback on why people cancel as well. So I didn't really need to rehash that or open the can of worms again. Instead, I wanted to flip it to a positive. And so instead of asking why they canceled or you know what we could do, instead of I, I asked what would get them to stay or what would get them to come back. So the main question that I ask is, what would make Barometrics a no-brainer for you? It's not really even, what can I do to get you to sign up again? It's just, hey, you know, conceptually or theoretically, what would be really valuable for you if it was Barometrics or another tool? And then to have a really low commitment kind of call to action, low pressure. I think it's working really well. And you know, a question that I like to ask a lot of people is, what would need to be true for XYZ to happen? And it sort of follows that frameworks, right? Like what would need to change for bare metrics to be like, oh yeah, hell yeah. If it did this, or if I had that and it reveals some interesting things, I kind of love that it's all these five lines. I personally, I'm such a nitpicky designer that I can't even send like a text or an email to like a friend that way. It has to like be a nice little paragraph. So it has to fit very well. It has to be concise it's kind of messy a little bit and it makes it feel more personal or like personally written rather than automated. Right. But you do this of bolding. And I think what you do there in some ways is a little bit like a tiny, tiny landing page. Hey, here's this intro. Uh, where's the year gone? Hey, here's what we're doing. Here's the real ask. Here's how to do something about it. And it just makes sense. And you had good responses from this? I can't remember exactly how many this got sent out to. It was in the thousands though, because uh, it was for all time too. I was kind of doing some backlogging work, but it got an 80% open rate and a 5% reply rate, which 
kept me busy for about two weeks. So we had several people come back, lots of good feedback, I had some great conversations about our roadmap and overall, even just kind of qualitatively, it felt like a successful email for us. Love it. Now, what about this one from Zapier? So with the Zapier email, um, this is also fairly similar in that it's sort of a reactivation of some sort. In this case, it's more of like a usage reactivation. So Zapier is freemium. You can create a free account. But basically what's happened here is that someone started to create a Zap, quote unquote, uh, basically like, you know, a little automation, mini automation, but that they didn't finish it. And now this email's goal is to get them to finish the zap and to actually sort of quote unquote activate as a user. And what's really interesting to me, it, you'll notice just from, again, the, I think like capital D design is that it's kind of split into these three sections. You kind of know as well that this is not a personal email, but that's okay because it still has a lot of great elements and it doesn't need to be a personal email for it to accomplish its goal. And so it starts out with, you know, hey, it's Mike from Zapier, very personal and casual. And he kind of gives like the quick explanation of what he thinks that you should do and then provides a link to jump straight back into the Zap. So many people, especially in B2B, they're like, log back in or get back to the dashboard. And you're like, okay, well now I have to do, go through all the work of finding exactly what I was doing. And especially for something like this, that was like the last step. If you can take someone directly to that step and eliminate all other kind of friction and work involved, it's gonna be much more likely to happen, right? But also he includes these other sections on guided learning and a guide for kind of like step-by-step -step instructions in a written form. And then he says, hey, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to our support team. There's also a link to directly get in touch with the support team. And so it just feels like kind of like a care package. Like here's everything that you need to get up and running and continue on with your success with Zapier. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you know anything about uh, the uh, effect of the email? Did you ever hear from Zapier about that? I don't know. I, I sort of tried to poke around a little bit. Again, this was actually from Twitter from another friend who said, you know, this is what got me back in. And I'm, you know, so thankful that they sent this because I didn't even know that my Zap wasn't turned on. They, they didn't realize that they actually didn't finish it. So again, kind of anecdotally, there's some success, but no, I don't have any raw numbers. Yeah, super interesting though. And I, I like just anecdotally knowing, knowing that that's what got somebody back in. And I like that there's there's some things here in this email that are serving me, right? Like here's a link to jump back into your zap. It's like trying to create the lowest hanging bar for somebody to just return and bring them back in. You know, some people would call these retention or a win back campaign, but keeping people guided about like how to do it or if it's a little bit more like, hey, I want some hands-on support, then here's how to do that. You know, one thing that I like to say is like a good email or good landing page, which I, I like to say that emails are landing pages delivered. You give people very clear, actionable steps, but you should sort of do it like a Bob Dylan song. You know, like Bob Dylan, you can just jam out to like good folk music, but if you get into it a little bit more, you can understand that, you know, it was very political or very spiritual, those kinds of things. You know, you want to make sure that you can just jam, you can get the quick thing first. And then you can dig in if, if that's your thing. If I was independently wealthy, <laughs> I would just test emails like this. I would send something out like this five or seven different ways and see you know what the, the results that you get on that. It would be fun to really do a very like highly designed version of this with visual design or a much, much more text-oriented email with without the sections and the bolding and the paragraphs 
and try and really like shorten it up and see what see what seems to make it fit for that audience. Not like it works right, for all right. emails, but yeah. for that audience. So yeah, and and one of the the big takeaways for me as well for this type of email is also reminding someone of the value of what you're asking them to do. So in the very beginning, right, he says, hey, it's Mike, uh, you started your zap, but you didn't quite finish it. And then he says, as soon as you turn on your zap, we'll start automating your tasks in the background while you focus on more important work. Sounds nice, right? And I think that's important because it, it's easy to forget like why you were doing it in the first place or really what the kind of value prop of the app was. So now bring it top of mind. I'm like, oh, you know what? It would be nice to kind of automate this, forget about it, put it in the background, then never have it get back to again. I'm just going to kind of bite the bullet and, and dig in. Whereas maybe if that was missing, if that wasn't in there and it was just like, here's what you should do, I wouldn't have the same context to understand why I should act now. Right. And it makes it more about Zapier if they don't mention that. And this makes it more about me, you know, or about the receiver of the email. And I, I think so many times our email marketing friends, they tend to send emails that are all about themselves and not about the customer. And in relationships, we call that narcissism, <laughs> you know? So it's like practice some empathy, practice a sense of like, oh yeah, like you, you probably are busy as hell. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to focus on work again and let these things, you know, do the work for you that, you know, you don't need to, oh yeah, that it would be nice. And to your point, it's a little bit like, yeah, this takes a minute to do, but it'll save you 10 minutes in the long run. Well, I really appreciate you going through these with us. Definitely recommend checking out Bear Metrics and seeing what they're doing. Thank you for jumping in here with us, Corey. I, I really appreciate it. It's fun to tackle a different topic and go after something that's not about really design visually, but more about like copy and strategy and content. Thanks so much for having me and it's been fun. I, I love doing these type of things. I've, I'm sort of a, a teardown aficionado, do some teardowns on the side for myself on swipe files, swipefiles.co. Some final takeaways for me, one, make it hyper personal and basically have a voice that stands out from the unbranded generic kind of corporate -y jargon that you hear a lot of the times. And then two, orient to the customer, orient to the user, frame everything in mind for them, the value that they're gonna get, the struggles, be empathetic, I think if you have at least those two kind of core fundamental ingredients, any one of your emails are going to benefit from it. Well, dude, happy Friday and everybody stay safe out there. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel so you can get updates and stay up to date on what we're doing. Check out bearmetrics.com and uh, swipefiles.co. And thanks again, Corey. We'll have a, a great weekend, bro. Thank you. You too. All right. Ciao.